This is the Faith Ventures Podcast, a project of the Libertarian Christian Institute, telling stories of Christians doing business for the glory of God. If you appreciate this program, support the nonprofit work of LCI by donating at libertarianchristians.com slash donate. And if you'd like to share your story, contact us at podcast at libertarianchristians.com. Welcome back to Faith Ventures, where we're telling stories about Christians doing business for the glory of God. Today, my guest is Mr. Evan Frazier of TechWise Financial. He is an accredited asset management specialist and the founder of TechWise. Evan, I'm so glad to have you here on the show. Thanks for joining me. Absolutely. I'm very excited to be here. So I'm you know, really interested in all aspects of kind of financial planning. I have a father-in-law who's in financial planning, in fact, and uh, so I really enjoy talking to folks in this area because uh, money management's tricky and it, and it does require some you know, advanced skills. And some, you know, deep thinking at times as well, of course. And so I'm curious, like, what is your career journey looks like? Mm-hmm. And uh, tell us some, tell us about that and some of the big highlights and how you got to be where you are today. Yeah. You know, at the very beginning, when I was in college trying to figure out, you know, what I wanted to do, I actually looked at and, and was a psychology major for a short period of time. And kind of the thought was I'd looked at, so I really wanted to help people, um, but I found, I think, through the psychology side, it wasn't an area that I felt called once I really started getting into it and learning about it. But I remember reading a statistic that said something, you know, um, you know, 50% of marriages are ending in divorce, and the biggest reason people are getting divorced is money fights. Mm. And so at the time, it occurred to me, I was like, if I can do something to help people manage their money better, then that can have a real positive impact on the divorce rate. And if I want to change the world around me, you know, I, I can't think of anything better than trying to make better families. I bet that's been very fruitful for you too. It has. Um, and it's kind of led me to where I'm at for today, but where I first started off, I uh, took a job at Edward Jones. Okay. Um, and so did that for about a year, year and a half. And I had one of my bosses at the time say something to me that really kind of stuck out and made me realize it was like, I, I need to leave. What he had said is that the best thing that I can do for my clients is to charge them as much money as possible so that I could still be in business, you know, five, 10, 15 years from now. And I just, I just remember looking at him and thinking in my head, like, that sounds terrible. Like, that, is <laughs> not, that is not what I signed up for to, how, on how to help people. Um, and that was when I decided to start looking um, for another company. Um, moved Interesting. to Charles Schwab. I, I knew somebody up there and they said, oh, you know, Evan, we're, um, we're very low cost. We, we try and help individuals, you know, in, in a much different way. Great. Did that for about five years. Um, what I realized with Schwab is that, you know, because the way they're built is really trying to let people do it for themselves. And a lot of times it was just kind of handing them uh, a loaded gun to shoot themselves in the foot with. Mm. And I wasn't really allowed to tell them hey, this is a terrible idea. You shouldn't do this because the way Schwab made money was um, by how much they traded at that time. Um, that was when they had the commissions and things like that. Um, and so I I couldn't really tell them, hey, you've lost all this money. Stop stop doing this, you know. Um, went to another company I really liked um, called Personal Capital. I uh, worked for them for about six years until we got bought out by another company called Empower. And while Empower wasn't asking us to do anything illegal, some of the things felt like it was a gray area. And 
things that we had promised clients we weren't going to do, we were now going to start doing. And I finally kind of sat up and realized that if I want to have the kind of company that I can look myself up in the mirror when I get up, I'm going to have to build it myself. I can't go anywhere else. And that is what led me to then start TechWise Financial. So uh, originally, uh, the plan was to work in the niche of people in the technology fields, you know, because they tend to have uh, a lot of stock options and very complicated situations that jump around a lot and they need a lot of help. Um, as I was kind of building out the business and starting to put things together, um, just talking with different people and, and they were kind of asking me about, well, and I hear about this ESG stuff, you know, environmental, yeah. social, corporate governance, you know, but it doesn't really seem to fit with my morals. Is there anything from a Christian standpoint? And I'd, I'd heard about stuff, you know, 10, 20 years ago, but we had never really looked at it seriously in the past because it just wasn't very good. It was expensive tended to underperform, um, and things like that, which is also one of the problems with ESG. Well, yep. when working with personal capital, they had rebuilt a new ESG portfolio, um, and it was working really well, and they'd solved all those problems. So I started asking myself, well, has anybody done that for faith-based investing? Hmm. And so started digging into it and found a couple companies that actually were doing that and were being very successful with that. Um, so it seemed to me that it was a real possibility that as a planner, I could build portfolios using, you know, their investment products um, and give people an alternative that want a faith-based portfolio. You know, for those of us out there that are very pro-life, I don't want to profit from abortion drugs, right? Mm -hmm. um, for those of us that really want to follow biblical principles, I don't want to profit from credit cards that are charging, you know, 20, 25%, uh, you know, usury levels uh, of interest rate, things like that. And so um, I was able to really build that out and create um, portfolios that could do that. And then I realized I could then implement other types of biblical principles into the business um, around getting out of debt and, and being able to, to tithe and, and things like that. Um, and, there. and so that's what really led me to, to TechWise and, and founding it as a company. So you, you start off, you really want to help people and you, f you feel that it's appropriate to, to go into kind of the financial field. That's a, it's a great way that you can help people to learn better how to just you know, enjoy, their, enjoy their life better. And that can lead to better, uh, better outcomes and marriages and so on. All the way now to you're founding your own company, becoming an entrepreneur, Doing all of these different things, I mean, that's that's talk about some leaps of uh, leaps of faith. I, I would assume, <laughs> like, how did you how did you approach some of those challenges and make some of those moments in your journey uh, like really count? What what were kind of your mindsets? Feel free to kind of take that wherever you want there, but I'm curious. As so, you know, you obviously have been you had to you had to go some places. So how did how did that work out? <laughs> yeah, um, you know, to be quite honest, it was scary. You know, uh, it's not something we necessarily, as middle-aged men, talk about sometimes say, hey, I'm scared of this. But it was, a, <laughs> yeah. you know, if I had to say it out loud, uh, yeah, it was scary because looking at the numbers, because obviously I, I, I crunched the numbers beforehand, um, you know, being in the financial industry. Um, 
it also had to have a real sit down and, a, and an honest conversation uh, with myself to say, what is it that I'm good at and what am I not good at? Mm -hmm. uh, and so um, having to, to then have, I think, trust in God and having a good prayer life to be able to, to say, is this really where you're leading me? I know it's not to go work for another company and, and a soulless you know, corporation, um, but is this where you want me to go? And, you know, there were failures. Um, I'm not a marketing genius, right? Um, <laughs> that, is, that is one of the things that I, and I knew that going in because I had, working with Edward Jones, you kind of have to do a little bit of your own marketing. And that was something I realized in the prospecting world and, and marketing that I was not good at. And so <laughs> I built a plan. I thought I had a plan. I spent $25,000 on that plan to then make zero dollars uh, off of that and waste five months um, trying to work through that. Um, and so, you know, again, having to have trust in, in the Lord to say, wow, we just, we tried something new and, you know, we thought we had hired professionals to do that and it fell completely flat and then pick ourselves up and not give up and then figure out from there. Um, I don't think you can do those things one, without a supportive spouse, uh, and two, without a healthy relationship with God to, to be able to say, yeah, it looks dark, but I trust that this is where I'm supposed to be. Fascinating. Yeah, that's, whenever you go and embark upon a big journey like that, and you, you know, there's big, you know, multi-zero level investments that, are, <laughs> that, you know, you're kind of going to be able to have to suffer potentially if you, if it, uh, if you lose, uh, in, 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 a, in some aspect of it, that's, you know, that's a, a, a testament to, you know, yeah, a spouse's grand support in that regard. So uh, kudos to kudos to her in the other room, I'm sure, uh, <laughs> as uh, as we're talking this evening. Uh, what other any other challenges that like kind of come to mind as being particularly significant, even now as you're trying, you know, continuing to build this business and talking to other Christians about what financial what their financial future needs to look like? Mm hmm. A line that I always use a lot is failing to plan is planning to fail. And mm -hmm. so uh, for me, planning is really big in that we have to sit down, crunch the numbers. But then what I've really learned from this is also being more flexible to make a change. Um, mm -hmm. Looking back at the failure earlier in the year, should have cut that off sooner. Probably should have, um, you know, taking a smaller step into that, uh, on that. And so I think planning, having a little bit of failure built into your plan as well, of if this doesn't work, what are we going to do and, and how are we going to measure that um, mm. is something that I think was an important one in there. Something else I think that was very important. So I'm Catholic. My Catholic faith is very important to me. Um, I actually belong to a group of Catholic financial planners and they do a study group, they call it once a month, um, where they'll have a topic and they'll say, hey, here's a topic, how are you helping your clients with this? And even though we're all technically competitors with each other, um, I think the, the freedom to come together and share ideas uh, and say, even though we're competitors, we can still help each other. Hmm. Um, within that, though, one of the the groups that we had that really stuck out to me is that we 
um, had someone come in and talk about making business intentional um, in being a Christian business or a Catholic hmm. business. And so what they were suggesting that they had done is they would work with these different business owners and they would have a priest be kind of on their board in a sense. Um, and so the, they would talk with the priest and say, hey, you know, here are some of the decisions, you know, how does this affect us from a, a spiritual standpoint? Because not all these decisions are business decisions, right? Or like, or, or just money decisions, right? Mm -hmm. um, having them say a math form. And so actually I've started integrating that. Um, luckily enough, my, my old college roommate uh, is a priest now. And so being oh. able to reach out to him, and he was a business major uh, while we were in college. <laughs> So it's a, it's a double whammy for me. But to be able to talk to him and say, hey, you know, here are the struggles I'm having. Here are these things that are happening. You know, can you pray for me? Ask for that help. Um, but also being able to go to him and say, hey, you know, I have a moral decision to make here. You know, sometimes I need him just to kick me in the butt and say, this is what you got to do um, <laughs> on that kind of stuff. So I think a big decision, a big turning point was uh, adding that in to the, the, the business and then not being so afraid um, that people are going to be turned off by the uh, Christian, overt Christian nature of the business. Interesting. So it's kind of it's kind of like you're saying there that when it comes to entrepreneurship and building businesses like this, sometimes we get into this kind of misconstrued nature of the beast where it's it's me and me alone that is building it, and that that you're. I think what you're what you're kind of getting at is that you got to be bringing people alongside you to to both mentor and guide and provide advice in a way that will help you to operate better. And is that kind of resonating in kind of where I think absolutely. And I think the thing that I would add to that that I think is really important is that they do have to have the same values as right. you, right? Um, but yeah, I think that that has been a big help um, because it is hard. Um, Especially in the financial planning world, we have a tendency to be what we call generalists, right? I'll mm -hmm. take anybody with a pulse that has some money, right? <laughs> um, and it can be very difficult when you're first starting up a business to turn business away. Um, they're just saying, you know, uh, niches are where the riches are. Mm. And so having, having advice say, you know, quit shying around, away, around the fact that you're Christian and that you're Catholic, yeah. right? You should make that the forefront of the business. And, and finally, I guess, in a sense, I don't want to say giving me permission, but um, I really think really encouraging me to do that and make that Christianity a part of it and inte mm -hmm. integral to it um, was helpful. And I don't think somebody who didn't share that same moral footing with me would have done that. Yeah. And unless we, unless we kind of think that, oh, well, this is only just a marketing gimmick. But I mean, th there are reasons what of, you know, that you're, that you're uh, investing in this particular way. I think that's like, that's something that's very interesting about, you know, the, the, the kind of faith-based investing approach is that it's taking this different aspect of uh, a, a different approach to, to, you know, a money management in general like that. I mean, there's some, some similar things that you will go cross boundary. Um, but, you know, to, I think to, the, to that point though, I mean, it's interesting that like, you know, the more I learn about it, the, the more I, I see like, okay, this isn't just like, you know, just sort of inverted ESG thing or something like that. It's not, that's, that was my concern. I kind of look at it from when I started thinking about it, but it doesn't, that's definitely not the case. Um, so 
I kind of am curious just from your point of view, you know, like if, if somebody looking in from the outside say like, well, you don't like ESG, that is just trying to do something with uh, in a, in a uh, kind of a bad way. You say that's bad. Well, what what's different about what you're trying to do? Um, <laughs> what, what would you kind of say to that? If that, does that make sense at all? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think the reasons that we don't like ESG um, is that they're using, you know, kind of the stick to say, look, and I'll use it. So BlackRock is yeah. um, one of the larger ones, and a lot of people may or may not have heard of them. They try to say in the shadows, but they would <laughs> use the bully stick of, hey, we manage, you know, $19 trillion uh, uh, that if you don't do what we say, we'll pull the funding or we'll have our boards, you know, vote you as the CEO out and things mm-hmm. like that, right? One of the things that's very different, and this is something I really love, one of the companies um, that I use is called Inspire, and their yep. CEO is Robert Netsley. And they will use their shareholder power, but it's more in the vein of, and, and it's very libertarian, just leave us alone, right? Like, yeah, we're, we're shareholders. We think it's really important. One of the, the successful um, programs that they'd pushed back on was against M&T Bank. And M&T Bank mm-hmm. was starting to debank um, local Christians. And yeah. so Inspire didn't come in and say, hey, M&T, we want to turn you into a new Christian bank. What they came in and they said is, we just want to, you treat everyone on a, on a level playing field, right? Yeah. We, you know, even if we might not agree with them. And that's what I think it is, it's important about the faith-based investing is it's, again, voting with your dollars to say, I don't want to support this, so I'm going to stay away from it. Whereas ESG, yeah. I feel like, is more of the state-forced yeah. problem with that. Yeah, I kind of, I agree. Like that, It seems like that, whereas ESG is kind of the the activist type that we we're going to we're going to try to affect the business that we're involved in the faith-based investing is more of it is more of the look we're gonna we'll tell you where we're at but we're just not going to participate if that if you're going to behave in certain types of ways and that's that's very appropriate it seems to me I, so i think that's you know to me that's kind of what i've detected and so i'm you know kind of glad to hear continue learning about it in this way i think it's kind absolutely. of absolutely yeah. And, and stay away from BlackRock. Yeah. So, <laughs> those, those guys are messed up. Oh, man. Well, uh, you know, kind of along those same lines, I think what's, you know, kind of endemic upon us often as uh, as thinkers and, you know, ec- economists and, and even, you know, policy theorists and whatnot, and we think about just the way in which we interact in the world in business and in culture and so on, we can get in, as Christians, we can kind of, Develop misconceptions about a lot of this stuff. Um, there's, there, you know, the classic one might be that well, if, if a Christian is if a Christian is making money at all, like they're, they're making profits, profits are bad. You know, that's a, that's kind of hyperbolic, right? But mm-hmm. uh, but but yet we sometimes get into these sort of you know misconceptions. And so I'm curious of you know from from your point of view and the way in which you've interacted with your clients since you're interacting primarily with Christian clients. What sorts of conversations and things do you discover uh, that in th- conversations you have, things you discover about them that where they need to kind of 
you know, what do they need to learn more about? What messages do you kind of have to convey to them about investing and so on? That's a great question. It's actually one of my favorite conversations to, to have with clients. Oh boy. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. So, um, when we talk about it at first, you know, people are always, as you say, you know, like, oh, Christians shouldn't be making money or profit is bad. I think we forget is that money isn't the root of all evil. It's the love of money, mm-hmm. right? At the end of the day, and this is what I try to help my clients understand, is that money is just a tool. And so for a lot of my clients who talk with them, where this kind of conversation comes down, is usually in uh, financial freedom. So I tell them, look, mm-hmm. I get it. You love working, and I think work is good, but you don't necessarily want to keep doing the same work at 50 that you've done for the last you know, 20 years. So let's talk about financial freedom where you now have enough wealth and enough money that you don't have to continue doing that job, right? So if you want to work part-time or maybe you want to make a switch to nonprofit work, right? Or, you know, maybe the husband really loves his job and he wants to keep working, um, but now uh, the wife can go volunteer at the grandkids' school, right? She can be a teacher's aide at the school, those are the types of things you can only do if you have planned ahead and you have built yourself enough wealth to be able to make that work, right? Right. And so <clears throat> I think that's really important. Is like we're not just accumulating wealth for the sake of accumulating wealth. It's what can this wealth buy us? It can buy us more time with our grandkids. It can um, also put us into a place where if you really love to, to donate, um, I'll give you an example. I had a, a friend who at the time was working for a, it was kind of a homeless shelter, kind of a food bank. And we had him over for dinner and he was telling us about this really cool hydroponics uh, lab that they could build at the homeless shelter to grow fresh fruits and vegetables. Because the biggest problem they have is Walmart doesn't donate them vegetables. Walmart takes yeah. a tax deduction. They give them all the... They're really terrible, you know, weak old bread and donuts, which they end up throwing out most of the time anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but Walmart still keeps giving it to them because they get a big tax write-off, right? Sure. And so he's telling us about this, and he tells me it's like three grand. And so uh, my wife and I had saved up for, uh, we wanted to give some money away, and uh, we talked about it after he left. And we were in a position to be able to buy um, that, hydroponics lab for the homeless shelter so that they could grow fresh fruits and vegetables for them. And then we got to go and take a tour. And so I don't tell this for the fact of, oh, look at me that we did this, but if you don't have that wealth, if you haven't built that uh, foundation into your life, you can't do those things. Yeah. Um, And then I had one other thing on this. Um, Give me a minute. Or or perhaps maybe another way to think about it is like, like you, if you haven't built that into your life, or if you if you have, you can do so much more. You know that we, it's act, active, activating your abundance mentality as opposed to thinking purely out of scarcity mentality. Exactly, exactly. And I think we see that in the Bible too. You know, yeah. Um, they talk about in the Old Testament. You know, or in Proverbs, the wise man you know leaves a inheritance for his kids. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I know that that can be sometimes a really touchy subject with some of my clients because 
they have this mentality of, well, I, you know, brought myself up and nobody helped me. But on the other hand, they also grew up in a very different time with different opportunities. And so, mm-hmm. you know, there is a blessing that if we've raised our kids right, to be able to give them a boost into adulthood, right? Yeah. I'm not talking about spoiling them. And there's a biblical foundation for um, how to help those families and, and why you're able to help families together. And you can't do that if you don't build that wealth. Yeah. Yeah. For sure, man. That's a, that's really good. Uh, any, any other kind of, uh, you know, things that come up in, in your client conversations or whatnot and things that you try to get them, you really want them to understand that maybe it's a little difficult for them at times to ascertain? Yeah. So one of the things I really talk about a lot is good debt versus bad debt. Um, so oh, okay. Yeah. For a lot of them, trying to help them understand, like, we've got to get the credit cards out. Um, mm-hmm. I think I saw a statistic there was like 30% of people in their 50s still have student loans. Cool, um, yeah. And so, you know, one, it, it's okay. You're not the only one that has mm-hmm. that. But that also doesn't mean that we we shouldn't address it, right? The, yeah. the borrower is slave to the lender. And so... Mm-hmm. We want to make sure that we do that and get those bad debts out of the way. But at the other point, it's okay to use debt to fund assets to help that grow. Mm-hmm. And that those those are kind of the two different ones. So talking through that. Um, and um, I think one of the other ones that's really interesting is that a lot of people don't like to do wills. And it blows yeah. my <laughs> mind. I don't know if it means that they feel like, oh, if I do a will, that means I'm going to die now soon. Um, there's so many opportunities for like my Catholic free will uh, and other free will resources online. You know, it takes 30 minutes uh, to do it. And they, they just, I don't know what the mental block for them is. <laughs> but yeah, but helping people to understand that if you don't, well, especially for us libertarians out there, if you don't do that sort of thing, then the courts can actually kind of mess you up and <laughs> it can yeah. get problematic. Yeah. Uh, so it's a good it's a good motivating factor once you kind of learn a little bit about that. So yeah, I guess a good uh, action item for everybody here. Do you have a will? If you don't, maybe you should get one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think the other thing too um, is that people, I think, are afraid. I think this goes not just for individuals but for businesses and business owners. Is they're afraid to to hire people to do the things that they aren't good at. Right. Mm-hmm. I can't draw to save my life. Right. I've hired people to design my logos and, and the website and things like that. So I'm, I'm not good at that. And there are a lot of people out there who are not good at managing money. And so, mm-hmm. you know, know your strengths and then don't be afraid to hire people to do the things that you can't do. Yeah. Not everybody's a trader. In fact, most people should <laughs> never be traders. <laughs> and, yeah. And there's a difference between that and, and wealth management yeah. and money management in general. So that's Absolutely. A, the good, good little message. Yeah, the division of labor is something that you know we we focus on a lot in, ter- in economic studies, right? And realizing that that there is such a great advantage to, toward utilizing people's specializations like this. Money management's a specialized skill. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it kind of it goes back to our Christian nature as well, right? Yeah. God gives us each different gifts, mm-hmm. and by doing that, He makes us rely on each other. So. Mm-hmm. It, instead of seeing it as a uh, the cost I have to to pay for them to change my oil or to fix my toilet, I, I look at it. Here's an opportunity that I can let somebody else's God given gift 
um, shine into the world. Yeah. Yeah. So no, no man is an island as they say. Right. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So that's kind of, it's it, as we, as we'd like to say here at faith ventures, you know, the God's design for the world around us and for Christians is to interact peacefully with each other. And that by serving one another through the marketplace, we're doing something that's intrinsically good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so part of doing that means that we have to have means of indirect trade. And that's why money exists is to facilitate that. Otherwise we, how, how can we, you know, trade water for diamonds, and things like that. It doesn't make sense. It makes very little sense. If we have to do it that way. Right. Uh, so that's, that's the function of, of an economy. And that's why these skills become more and more necessary. The more complex your economy gets, mm-hmm. that just means that God has been blessing what, what's been going on around us. And that's a great thing. Yeah. And I think the thing too, is you, you look at uh, St. Paul, he, he did both his ministry, but he also worked, right? Yeah. He didn't give that up. And I think work is essential to human dignity. You know, I think that's one Absolutely. of the things that makes Christianity different, I think, than other philosophical thoughts. Yeah. It has a, it's a very earthy kind of of uh, of philosophical outlook that mm-hmm. the world is not some sort of you know detritus of uh, of a uh, of an of an evil or capricious god, but rather the loving the loving creation of a loving god. Yeah, and uh, so yes, it's difficult. Yes, it's hard. Yes, there is metaphysical and physical evil in the world uh, due to our own imperfections and sin and entropy and so on. But this is ultimately a place where God has called us into being yeah. uh, and to co-work with him in creation. Well, I think if you look back at Adam and Eve, I mean, the closest we had to a utopia, you know, before the fall, sure. uh, he still had to work, mm-hmm. you know, inside the garden. There was still work to be done. And I think that's something that in our modern lives, we, we try and get so far away from, you know, how, yeah. how little work can we do? Yep. Yep. For sure. Well, uh, well, Evan, as we begin to kind of draw to a close here, um, well, one question I'd love to ask all of our guests on Faith Ventures is to, to kind of reflect back on your life and, uh, you know, imagine you were going back in time to giving, to, to talk to yourself at a younger age and give yourself some advice about work and business and faith. What kinds of things have you learned that you would want to have, that you would have wanted to known early, to know earlier? Uh, what, what sorts of things come to mind there, in, you know, hopefully to give some of our younger listeners and, and me too, uh, some things to kind of keep in mind for the future. Yeah. I think the big one I would go back and tell myself, it's okay to fail. Oh, All right. Um, yeah. Because I, coming out of college, stuff like that, it was, it had this very much mentality as like, if I fail at this now, I will never recover and I'll never be able to do anything successful ever again. Mm-hmm. And so I think if I could go back and say, I've learned so much from the mistakes and the failures that I've made. Um, yes, could I have learned maybe from other people's would been a little bit easier. Um, but yeah, I think it's okay to fail and, and but make sure you study your failures and other failures to, to learn from that. Because if you don't learn from it, then it's a wasted uh, uh, opportunity. Yeah. Um, Two, I think I, I would have told myself, you need to start working on creating a, a war chest or a treasure chest to be able to launch and have those things. I would have loved to have been able to maybe try and 
and step out on my own sooner or to do other things. And had I spent more time at a younger age, maybe suffering or, or giving up on some things to build that war chest, it would have made things easier later in life. So it's never too mm. early to start saving um, and to building that plan up. Um, I think there's another lesson that I, I wish a younger Evan knew. Um, <laughs> so start start saving early. Always a good, always good advice. You know, yeah. Compound interest being the eighth wonder of the world, of course. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it, I want to make sure you get kind of the final word uh, but as we as we close out today. Uh, any other kind of uh, me- messages that you would have for our audience that you want to make sure that they don't forget uh, going forward here? Absolutely. With the faith-based investing, I think it's important for us to know we can't just stick our head in the in the sand and ignore what our money is doing, right? As mm. stewards, we're going to be called to account um, for what we did with the gifts we were given. And, you know, God asks you, well, you know, why did you invest in abortion drugs or why did you invest in this or that? Why did you let your money uh, work within that? Just to say, well, I didn't know. I didn't look. Um, I don't think that's going to cut it. And so if we're really wanting to step up and be stewards of our money and, and have that Christian faith in everything that we do, um, I think it's important for everybody to understand what their money is doing. Whether they work with an advisor or not, you need to have an understanding of what your money is doing. Um, The other thing that um, I always tell people is not about how much money you make, it's about how much you get to keep. And so um, paying as little in taxes as possible is is very important uh, Mm -hmm. within that. And so I think, you know, combining that with a good plan is pay as little as taxes is important in my book. You never get an objection from me about paying lesser taxes. That's yes, for sure. <laughs> exactly. Well, I think as I say, is like the less taxes you pay, the less you're you're helping fund wars yeah. and, and all kinds of things you don't agree with. So yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Well, Evan, I really want to thank you for uh, for sharing your life and your time and your efforts with us uh, and, and giving us so many good things to to kind of think about and take home. Uh, so as as we exit here. Why don't you let everybody know uh, where can they find you online if they if you if you have uh, you know publications or things that you would want people to be able to see uh, make sure you let us know here absolutely so uh, you can always find me at techwisefinancial.com and that's techwise is t e k w i s e i also am very active on linkedin um, typically getting um, daily posts up on linkedin so that's a great place if you want to some read some thoughts through on that as well. And uh, lastly, on either one of those, uh, when you go there, if you want to have somebody who can look at what your investments are doing, if you want to get a x-ray of those accounts and find out what morally um, problematic things are in your portfolio, that's a service that we offer for free. Um, so if you've ever wanted somebody to x-ray that and tell you, hey, what's inside of there, um, I think that's good for everyone to have. And so that's why we offer that for free. Awesome. And you can find that on our website. Well, Evan, thank you so much once again for your time. Uh, really appreciate it. And uh, and I'm really, really pleased we were able to make this happen. And I'm going to take away a lot from this. So thanks again. Absolutely. It's great to be on. Thanks for having me. All right. This has been Faith Ventures. Thank you so much for tuning in. And we'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>